Hello, Hooray for Monday listeners, and happy Memorial Day. We hope you can spend this holiday in a way that nourishes you. This is our last podcast in Teacher Appreciation Month, and today we're sharing my conversation with Dr. Tanji Millard, principal at West Potomac High School in Alexandria, Virginia. I talked with Dr. Millard during a live event we hosted earlier this month called The Urgency of School Connectedness, and Jenna recommended her as a guest. I did. My son is a ninth grader at West Potomac, and the idea to reach out to her came to me in March when I picked up my son and a friend after school, and he told me he'd pet a capybara, and his friend was playing with Play-Doh that he had just made. In high school? Yes. And I thought that was pretty amazing until he told me he'd also pet a camel and a baby kangaroo, all animals that were in the parking lot for a whole school wellness day. Not your usual carpool discovery. But in my interview with Dr. Millard, she explains this event in the context of a series of other things the school is doing to do as much as they can to chip away at an overall problem with belonging. Yes, I was impressed by the multiple measures the school is taking after the SEL screener the district provides showed that school connectedness was an area they really needed to work on. But as a parent at the school and someone who's been working with schools throughout the pandemic, what I found most interesting in your conversation was how she articulated the origins of this need for change. It actually helped me empathize with and understand my child's experience in school in a new way. I bet. I was also struck by the way Dr. Millard laid out the personal challenges teachers are facing right now alongside their students. Her observations really underscore the importance of making a big shift in how we do school if we're here to keep it relevant and helpful to everyone involved. Let's dive in. I'm Aletta Margolis, and this is Hooray for Monday your inspiration and toolkit for the week ahead. Blow it up a little. Hooray for Monday, May 29th, 2023. I'm joined by Dr. Tanji Millard, who is the principal at West Potomac High School in Alexandria, Virginia. She's worked in education for nearly 30 years, starting as a teacher and moving through roles as a school counselor, assistant principal, and principal in schools throughout the DMV, the DC, Maryland, and Virginia area. Thank you, Dr. Millard, for joining us tonight. Thank you for having me. Dr. Millard, you started in your role at your current high school in 2017, which means you've been there in the before times and now on the other side of this pandemic. How are you doing? Oh, well, uh, thank you for asking. <laughs> um, I, I I would be not honest if I said all is well, right? It's been a rough ride these last few years. Um, I think there was this um, thought that once the pandemic was over, we would go back to life as we know it. And that life doesn't exist. Um, especially in the world of education. We, we are in a new era um, and that change and those adjustments to breaking up all the things that go with that, when you layer on all the other needs around mental health, et cetera, 
it's it's been it's been tough. I, I've been tired and weary on many days, um, but then I also still have you know all the joys of you know working with children and watching them succeed. And you know I'm I'm just logging in now because I was coming from a senior night, right? And that's amazing. I look at these little um, these seniors and remember them as freshmen in the pandemic and and all the things that they've had to go through and then to see them come out on the other end. It's, it's definitely a joy and a blessing. Well, we really appreciate your being with us, especially after a very long day on your senior night. And I also appreciate your sharing both the joys and the challenges of your work. A lot of times as adults, we feel like, well, well, we certainly are role models for the young people in our lives, but we feel like we need to project, oh, I've got it all together. I've got it all figured out, which of course doesn't actually communicate to young people what, what life is really like. So I appreciate your sharing the challenges and, and the joys of, of working with working with students. I want to ask you about the, the CDC report that, we, that we've just been talking about. Um, the, the report speaks to a growing trend of mental health issues, particularly among teens. What has that looked like in your experience as a leader in high schools over the past decade? I would love to say that it doesn't look like that, but it it absolutely mirrors the information um, from the report. That has been the constant uphill struggle that we have been addressing since March of 2020, essentially. Um, we are seeing rates of anxiety and depression and self-harm like I've not seen in my 28 years, to be honest that those rates in children are also being reflected in adults. That's a new uncharted territory, I think, for many uh, educational leaders, just trying to help and support and manage the mental health needs of our staff alongside the growing needs of our students um, and really struggling to find the supports necessary, that, that there's a a massive shortage like there is in everything, there is a shortage in mental health services and supports for young people, um, particularly, um, and long wait lists, um, not being able to have immediate care, uh, and then those students still trying to push through at school and, and get things done the way they always have, but still trying to deal with all of these additional challenges. And you you referenced this a little bit, but but uh, would you tell us a little bit more? How's it affecting the adults in the school community? Um, I think that the adults, as we always do, um, especially in education, our, our goal is to sort of surround children, rally for them, provide them a safe space. Um, but when you're absorbing that level, plus you have your own <laughs> mental health needs, I am seeing a massive spike in the mental health needs of my staff um, and trying to support them, not just through the everyday life things, but them dealing with anxiety, depression, loss, grief, all of these things that are starting to impact their day-to-day -day, um, as professionals. So it, 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 is, it is a vicious cycle of, of everyone in the in the community needing levels of support that we don't really we're not equipped for we weren't ready for this we weren't ready for this wave and um society wise we weren't ready profession we weren't ready and really trying to find new ways of supporting that mental health 
the day-to-day -day mental health needs of our students and our staff has been the challenge. No, I, absolutely. And, and we, of course, it can, we know from, from ourselves as teachers and from all the teachers and school leaders we work with that it can feel absolutely overwhelming. The, you know, as we grasp for some sense of hope and some sense of what can we do, this focus in the CDC report on school connectedness has been something we've been really delving into at Inspired Teaching in supporting educators and parents for the, the past, for a long time, but very intentionally for the past few months on helping to create that feeling of belonging for young people and for adults. And I understand that you have some projects you're working on at your school in that realm. And I'd love to hear about them because we want to know what's happening at your school. And also because I'm sure some of our listeners will want to, will be so appreciative to have some ideas that maybe they can try. Oh, absolutely. Two years ago, so right around the pandemic, our district started using an STL screener to really look at student mental health and really to try and quantify it. We're, we're a massive district, you know, 189,000 kids trying to wrap our minds around what is it that the kids are telling us? What are the needs there? And for West Potomac, our SCL screener really quickly and very clearly showed a lower level of that sense of belonging. That is one of the indicators measured by the screener. And even though we are an extremely diverse district, but West Potomac stands out as, as a, I'd like to say, beacon of diversity in that it's inclusion. There's every kind of kid you know, 40 different languages, you name it, we have it at WESPO. So when all kinds of kids are all saying the same thing about not feeling connected or losing that sense of belonging, we knew there was a journey that we needed to go on. Because if they don't have that, it is very difficult to find the need to come into a building that they don't feel that they belong to, to stay engaged in the school, not just in the classroom, but outside of the classroom. So we knew that this was going to be a huge um, endeavor for us, but it was one that we needed to start to, to work on. You know, one of the biggest places that when we dug into that data more and asked even more questions of our kids, you know, their voice, student voice became a big piece of that sense of belonging, them feeling like things were being done to them. And I think that can easily be said for teenagers in high school, but when you compound the two previous years of COVID, when there was no control, right, for them, and no real way to determine or understand or make sense of their academic world because of the way things shifted so drastically, I think that sense of feeling, having no voice and feeling like they had no control was being compounded by the, the times that we were in. So increasing opportunities for not just the, the student leadership group to have a voice, but to also increase that voice amongst our diversity clubs, to increase that voice amongst um, our advisory groups, which we have that we had in place prior to COVID to create small communities of belonging, right? But really trying to sort of sure up the strength of that structure in our school, every kid is assigned to an advisory teacher by alpha, so that, and grade level, so that that teacher and that group of 25 kids will be with each other from ninth grade through their senior year, so that they are creating 
Um, we're trying to take a big school of 2,700 plus kids and make it feel small, right? And so we create these smaller communities um, for advisory that we do and deliver SEL content through. So these are all the little things that we had started, but really needed to sort of ratchet up after COVID. And then another um, area was just kids and staff talking more about the sense of belonging through the wellness lens, not feeling like school provided them a, a safe space um, for their mental health. How can we reduce that feeling of anxiety and stress and, and um, just increase levels of uh, disconnect? So how could we address that? And so we, this year, took a pretty big endeavor of um, having two full wellness days. They were full school days, two hour early release days, but we used the entire time to do a full school wellness staff and students. Um, we literally offered, staff were um, involved in offering wellness activities throughout that those days that ranged anywhere from, we had a full petting zoo with a camel and a llama and, and a capybara and all these things to ice cream making, to bird watching, to pickleball, to, you know, just interest things that staff wanted to offer to kids and kids would be able to sign up. So, and the first time we did it was the end of second quarter. And the response from staff students and parents about that day blew us out of the water. The level of joy, the level of connectedness, because now I'm working with this teacher who is teaching me how to bird watch. I signed up for it. I was interested. Let's see how this goes. I'm getting to see this teacher in a whole new lens where people at the same level doing something that we both enjoy and getting to know one another and, and other kids connecting on that same level. We had separate breakouts for teachers. We made sure that they had time to rotate through and go to anything that they wanted to go to. We had special ones for the adults, but meant like sound bathing, which was a hit. I don't know if you ever heard of sound bathing, but whoa, that was a hit. Everybody was coming out like, oh, this is great. I'm to do this again. Um, all the way to them wanting to jump double dutch with kids, right? And, and it's still being a wellness event for them as well. So those two, we did one in the in the at the end of the second quarter, and we just did our last one uh the end of third quarter last month. And it was amazing. It sounds extraordinary. And, and, and you talk about it being simple, but I, I can imagine certainly the planning would would yeah, not be simple not for something simple. like right. that. <laughs> but but it clearly sends a message to the community that wellness is as important as reading and writing Absolutely. and Getting the math problem correct. Actually, right. it's a basic need, right? Yeah. You can't yeah. do reading and writing until That's children right. are fed and they feel safe yeah. and they have intellectual safety. You have to build all of that before you can even get to reading, writing, and arithmetic. I'm actually curious. So, so these these wellness days sound extraordinary. Are there any examples you can share of sort of lingering effects in the everyday? So now we're back to our regular day and our academic schedule and our academic calendar. Are there ways in which this wellness, these wellness days and this wellness emphasis still show up in the everyday experience of the school? Absolutely. I think the, the cross-connectedness where I was hanging out with this teacher and this particular group of kids because we all signed up for the same thing. 
now I know people I would have never known, would have never had an opportunity to connect with socially, right? They are in classes together, but oftentimes you'll have kids say, oh yeah, that kid is in my fifth period. But outside of the fifth period and maybe doing some group work in the class, they honestly don't know each other. Their lives don't cross in any other way. And there's no connecting point. So listening and watching kids, oh yeah, we were in the such and such together. We played pickleball. Oh, that's cool. And, you know, dapping each other up in the hallway when they would have never known each other, would have had no reason to. And that same connectedness to teachers, a lot of the feedback that the kids give is like, I got to see my teacher in a different light. That kept coming up over and over again. And that's the human light. They got to see them as humans and connected in that way. So it just gives a, a, a different vibe. Like building up to the first one, everybody was in the dumps. Everybody was just like, ah, I can't believe it. Everything feels heavy. Nothing feels good anymore. Everybody was in this space. Post the first one, it was like a whole different place. Just the energy shifted. You could feel it when you walked in the room or walked into the school and 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 just watching that evolve and, and then having kids and parents and staff say, when are we doing the next one? Like, we should be doing this all the time. We kept getting that kind of feedback. So to your question, how do we figure out how to build that feeling in that kind of work in to the day-to-day and it not just be the stop points only within the calendar, right? Like that, that there's a way to do schooling differently is I guess what I'm getting at. And how can we capture this energy, this thinking and do what we do differently? Kids are telling us, staff is telling us that the industrial school complex way of doing things, it's over. It's been over. But COVID may put an exclamation point behind that and say, we have to look at how we do things differently because students are consuming their learning differently. Staff need to be able to distribute that learning differently. How can we kind of blow it up a little bit? Because if we just keep doing what we've always done, that's the definition of insane. That's right. And expect it to be any expected to work absolutely you know dr millard what i'm hearing and i'm hearing so much in what you're saying but i'm hearing i'm pulling i'm going to pull out two things one is that part of what seems to me made these wellness days so successful and and makes them to continue to be so important is clearly everyone was involved in creating them this is not something you said early on we're not doing things to our students or for them we're doing things with them and and your faculty your, you, you know you no one could do this alone right so this was clearly a, an example of the whole school community sharing responsibility for the work and and then you also get to share that pride and that joy and and that's the second thing i'll pull out um in inspired teachings instructional model, we point to five core elements that need to be present in every classroom to ensure that children can thrive and adults can thrive too. And one of those is joy. And joy doesn't, we don't really mean like, you know, a pizza party because we had perfect attendance. That's, that's, that's okay, but that's very surface level. We're talking about the joy of, I worked really hard to run my session on bird watching and oh my gosh I, it was it worked right i or or i worked really hard to figure out the math problem that i didn't think i can solve 
but look at me, I did it. So this idea of joy and pride in our work, authentic joy is, is very much at the heart of the work of inspired teaching and, and clearly at the heart of West Potomac under your leadership. And I'm, I'm just so, I feel so hopeful given the incredible challenges we're facing that, that you are committed to finding, not finding, creating that joy with your colleagues. I, I wanna just ask you uh, two more quick questions as, as we finish up, but one is, I know we have some, uh, some listeners tonight who are community members or parents. They're not, not all of our listeners are, are in schools. What can folks outside of the school who wanna help support the school in their neighborhood, maybe their children attend it, maybe not, but they wanna be of support to support the mental well-being of, of everyone who's part of the school community. What can, can, those, um, can those caring neighbors do? Oh, wow, that's a great question. And, and, and a point that I wanna make, when you said it took all of us, it also took our extended community. Our PTSA was a huge supporter of this work from making sure that we had financially all the supplies that we needed for these specialty different things to um, providing a volunteer time to be present in the building. So as we are ushering 2,700 kids all throughout the building, and it seems like chaos, but it's actually organized to have adult bodies there to help point kids in the right direction and to be supports around that. So it could be your time that you are, are giving to your school to offer and say, hey, you need somebody to come stand in the hallway for a few hours? I'm here. Let, let me know when and I can, I can do that for you. All the way to helping financially support these initiatives. There is no budget for wellness. Doesn't exist. Um, we had a, a wellness budget, which is why we were able to pull this off because of ESSER funds, but ESSER funds are over at the end of this year. So in order to continue to do this kind of stuff, it does take money. Um, so being able to support, and even if it's donating things that might be needed for the school is a huge um, help. Um, offering your time and your expertise, maybe you have. Uh, a special gift that you want to share. We had some of our sessions be run by community members. So it it, it can it can definitely be a, a, a whole community involvement and it isn't just one way or another. You can find an entry point, but the, the help often dries up at the high school level, meaning adults wanting to come into the space. Lots of adults go to elementary because they're the little ones. And it's it's something that everybody kind of sees as a natural fit. And then we start to say, oh, well, those are big kids. They don't, they don't want this or they don't need that or they don't, they don't like happy faces on their papers. Well, I'm here to tell you secret, they do. And <laughs> they are just big bodies, still little kids, right? And, and need that support. So finding an entry point, reaching out to your school's principal and saying, hey, here's what I could offer. How can I help you? Um, if you are a community member that actually has the ability to support some mental health needs because that's your profession and you're willing to donate some time and hours to give free some, some counseling, do it because there's just not enough. And there's so many people who don't have the means to provide the counseling for themselves, though they would be willing to go, they just don't have the access for a lot of other reasons. So any of those things um, would be a great partnership for the schools. 
Thank you so much. And, and my last question is just in this incredibly challenging time where we, we are seeing these mental health needs skyrocketing and, and working so hard to support our colleagues and, and our, our students, what brings you hope? Oh, man, I always have hope in our kids. Watching them navigate these last few years has been extremely hopeful, but more inspiring than anything. I don't know that my generation, our generation, would have been able to adjust with such power. Our kids came out of this understanding that they are new and their world is new and that they had to function in a new way. So when we started to apply the old stuff to them, they started to let us know that's not gonna work and we're gonna need something else. And hey, I have something to share about that. And I want my voice to be heard. My kids don't shy away from anything. And when it's time to make the, the school better, they're willing to partner with us to do the work. They're not just here to say, well, we don't like this and we don't like that. They're solution focused, this generation, they're different, right? And so take the power that they've garnished by going through a pandemic in any part of their education, their formative years, and harnessing that for who they will be for us in the future is extremely hopeful. We just got to get it right to cultivate that power in such a way that it continually becomes a feedback loop to help us to move our society forward. So I have a ton of hope about what our kids are able to do and, and what we as the, the educators working with them, to your point, are, are gonna be able to accomplish in the future. Links to the resources are available in the written version and in the notes for this episode. Each week, a member of the Inspired Teaching community shares something that's piquing their curiosity. Maybe it will spark yours, too. This week, we hear from Emily, a fifth grader at Friends Community School in College Park, Maryland. Hi, my name's Emily, and I'm a fifth grader at Friends Community School, and I'm curious about if MVPs are fair. Um, I'm, I'm wondering this because are they actually really fair to all the players on the team to single out one person as the most valuable player? Because if they were just playing against another team, would they actually be the best person? Resources. Interesting. Important. Useful. In her interview, Dr. Millard spoke to really rethinking how and what students are learning in order to foster more connection. In this activity, students are enlisted in that rethinking as they identify what's driving their curiosity. Yes, but versus yes and. As teachers, embracing an improvisational mindset can help us think creatively about problems like the need for more belonging in our classrooms. And building this kind of thinking in our students can do the same for them. This activity is the good place to start. What would make you look forward to coming to school? As we near the end of the school year, Think about what more you can learn from these experts in your classroom. This activity invites the imagination of our students and it just might give you insight into things you can try this fall. Professional learning. What will you keep from this year? What will you change in the fall? 
Join us the first full week of June for our institutes on the power of reflection, looking for wide ranging evidence of learning. Though summer beckons and with it the space to breathe and think of something other than instruction for a bit, June is an excellent time to reflect on the year gone by so you can be better prepared for the fall. Your memory of the lessons learned is still fresh. This institute takes a unique approach to that reflection by asking the question, how did I know my students were learning and what other evidence might I have collected? Together, we will celebrate what you and your students accomplished over these many months. And as you evaluate your assessment approaches, we will introduce you to some additional strategies for the future. We have two online sessions to choose from, Monday, June 5th, 3.45 to 5 p.m. Eastern, or Wednesday, June 7th, 7 o'clock till 8.30 p.m. Eastern. Speak truth. If you work with DC High School students, please let them know about our upcoming online Speak Truth sessions, May 25th and June 1st, 8 and 15th. Students will discuss how AI is changing learning and what the school of the future should be. Student insights will be shared with teachers nationwide. In addition, participants will learn about Speak Truth and how the sessions can be held at their schools next year. Participation is free and students earn a certificate for two hours of community service for each session attended. Students can sign up for one, several, or all of these sessions. Visit our show notes for links to register for all these opportunities. Hooray for Monday is an award-winning weekly publication of Center for Inspired Teaching, an independent nonprofit organization that invests in and supports teachers. Inspired Teaching provides transformative, improvisation-based professional learning for teachers that is 100% engaging intellectually, emotionally, and physically. Our mission is to create radical change in the school experience away from compliance and toward authentic engagement. Thanks for listening. Have a great week.